This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now. Welcome to the Be Here Now Network guest podcast. This series features talks from a myriad of modern spiritual teachers expanding on how we can all live a life in balance. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, please go to BeHereNowNetwork.com slash guest. My name is Locke Kelly, and I'm really happy to be here. And just the invitation is uh, to see whether you can be here with your parts, and with yourself. So all parts are welcome, and yourself is welcome. So we're going to explore what is this sense of self, what is this sense of what's been called being, or the two questions that are often answered, asked and answered, historically are who am I and the statement know thyself from the ancient Greeks. Yeah, so somehow this is important. And so what I'm hoping to do is just uh, talk to your curious parts and see whether you might expand your model of who you are and what heals. Yeah? So in some ways, I'm going to present a little bit of the model of, uh, of you know, the good enough model of, uh, of the inner world of parts and using primarily here some of the IFS model. But I want to say from the beginning, whatever model of therapy or psyche you have, it works fine with this dimension, which I'm focusing on, which is self. So we're adding the dimension of psychology to dimension I think we could commonly call consciousness or awareness. Yeah? Often it's been talked about in religious language. And then some people say, well, I'm spiritual, not religious. And then others now are saying, well, I'm consciousness, not spiritual, not religious. (laughs) So whichever, wherever you land, you can bring all your beliefs, your culture, your religion. Here there's no threat. To the, to, this, to the consciousness, which I kind of call the human being lineage. So whatever that is, that common human being lineage, <clears throat> which is trying to see scientifically who's here, 
what's aware? What is this? What are the? What's all this? Perception, thoughts, feelings, sensations, appearing to who's that? And in some ways, it's that model that I'm just going to play with a little bit um, of of doing what I call kind of a hypothesis that there is something uh, more subtle, wider, higher, deeper, bigger than the ego center, and yet doesn't threaten the ego because the ego is a part or the ego is an ego function. So there's no need to kill the ego, to get rid of the ego, to all parts are welcome, but is there a loving, open-hearted sense of being that most have tasted, most have sought and not known how to find? And when you found it, has it been that which is most essential and most true to who you are? So now that we're here, why don't we just do a few minutes of, of sitting? Yeah, we'll just sit quietly. This is something that is just a transition for you, and certainly you can begin in my practice. From the beginning, you know, the model I offer lets people know, if you're coming to me, here's how I practice. It includes meditation and psychology, so then we'll, how do you feel about starting with some quiet time? Just a transition from the chattering mind to being here. Oh, okay. You can do, any, do it any way you want. Just, we just sit for a little bit. So something like that is starting to offer. You can either just do it for yourself or you can offer it to your clients. You don't have to bring it into the room, but wondering if you're going to bring it into your own practice as your own uh, healer, practitioner, maybe in between sessions, yeah? So it's just eyes open or closed. Just find a way to comfortably settle in and just notice the feeling of the Contact with your chair, no big deal. And just notice your breath at your belly, your chest or your nostril. Just happening by itself. And perhaps you're aware of the space in the room, the space in which your breath is happening, in which your thoughts are moving, your feelings are arising. And just curiously noticing where you're feeling your breath in your body. Just notice the ability to focus on content or on a place. And now just curiously with awareness, feel where are you aware from? Feel the location perhaps in your body, perhaps feels like within or around, where are you focusing from? 
you feel almost this relationship from a focusing part to a focused breath coming and going. And then perhaps as you breathe in and feel the open space, just notice where are you aware of the focuser from? Just not going to thought, just feeling whether you can simply be aware of that location of the focuser, whether you might feel like you unblend, step back, just open and be aware from an openness that perhaps is connected as well as open. Just feel that sense of open mind, open heart, or whatever you notice. And be aware of any other parts that arise from this space that's aware. So just curious, are you aware of that spacious awareness or aware from that spacious awareness? And just notice whether that aware space is within and all around or from outside. Just feel that feeling of being aware without creating a location in one point of view, just feeling almost this interconnected, perhaps spacious, pervasive feeling of welcoming. And so as part of this kind of meditation, just staying from this view, this new feeling of being, of spacious awareness of the focusing and the, what you're focused on. Just staying home here and then noticing that you're hearing and then gently opening your eyes when you're ready and not popping back up to a focuser or a thinker necessarily, you may, which is fine, but just stay home in this awareness that's aware of the breath, aware of the space in the room, aware of the focuser. And just notice that you might pop back up to a manager or a little point of view behind your eyes, which is the normal place most people feel like they're located. Or you can feel this open mind, open heart feeling that is a new dimension of your being. And just be curious, 
about this kind of open panoramic view, if you happen to have this happened to be a doorway for that. Notice that actually this is not an altered state, but in some ways this is where most people drive a car from, is an open panoramic, non-pinpointed, and now you're adding whatever needs to be added. If you need thought, if you need your hand, you could move your hand. If you need thought, you could move thought. If emotion moves, you can welcome it. But just notice how you can be aware, embodied, inclusive, and start to listen, and you could stretch from here. So just maybe even just stretch a little without creating a stretcher, but do it from a sense of wholeness or just natural flow state, which is really in some ways what this is like. It's an optimal, functional way of being by dropping from head to heart, by opening out into this inclusive dimension of consciousness that often is blended or attached or identified that creates a little mini-me in your head looking out. Yeah? This is a feeling when you're not caught in a small, chattering, uh, overwhelmed uh, part that's, that in some ways is really the cause of a certain kind of suffering. Yeah? So just the curiously, again, it's like it's an experiment. This is the hypothesis. This has been reported by the wise gals and the wise guys throughout time as this is the freedom from suffering, is recognizing that you're not a small, separate sense of self. There's some dimension that has been described through most great poetry right, in time and seems to be put in this category, oh, that's for Olympic meditators or those who join a monastery or um, it's weird, you know, and it'll, you know, so... You know, you're going, don't go out of your mind. You know, your, your, your brain says, don't, don't, don't become nobody. Be yourself. Keep doing the familiar thing. But what if this were a natural growth of, from a new stage of, basically a new stage of development that now has become more available to people? And when you find this sense of self, it starts by being almost, you make this, the first is what I call almost the mindful move. So the mindful move means you're identified, whether you're in your body, you're blended, you're attached, you're possessed, you're, you're what else you want to call it? You're, you're caught. Yeah, you know that feeling? Caught by a thought or emotion, chattering, anxious mind, emotional. And then you acknowledge it. Oh, there's, I'm really worried about this. Well, where's the worry? Right here. All right, can you ask that part for some space or can you have awareness step back? And now, are you aware of that part? Yeah, so we, we can try it all together. So let's try it now. Just so find the part, you know, and, and the easier ones... Um, are often the ones that are the smartest parts, like the ones that you think you really are. They're called like self-like parts. 
like, well, I don't know if I'm going to do this. I'll do this 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 way, or I've done that before. Or that, you know, like let's let's get this. Let's really try to learn this. You know, that one. So step back from that one. <laughs> and again, you don't have to do any of these. You can just listen to me as if it's a talk. But whatever you like, try try it. If you like, it's an experiment. It usually lasts a few seconds, and you can always return to wherever you are as you like. So just feel like you're. You can almost over-exaggerate it, like, what time is my plane, you know, or <laughs> something like that. Yeah, and feel that. Then notice that, that you're blended, attached, identified, and then ask that part, is it okay if you give me some space or that I step back? And then feel like awareness can unblend, detach, disidentify, and then find that which is aware as a new ground. And now be aware of that part, whether it's in your body or could be, if it's a kind of a earlier part or a more emotional part, it could be anywhere in your body, it doesn't have to be here. And then see how do you feel toward that part? Not from your head, but from your heart. A kind of open-hearted awareness. And then notice that the part can be exactly how it is. If it's really worried, if it's really upset, hurt, angry, fearful. When you're looking from this spacious feeling, how do you feel toward it? And then feel whether there's a connection. Does this part, is this part aware that you're here with it? This part feel that you are aware that you're now the awareness of a part of you. Is it aware? Is there a connection? So it's not just a detached witness, but you feel like this part is aware that you're here with it, that it, you're listening, that you're available. And is there some quality? from this sense of who you are to this part. And then just feel a little bit as you let this part know. Now you're just going to feel back a little bit more into who is the self? What is this self like that's aware of the part? So just where, what's that? If this is me, what do I feel like? Where am I located? I'm aware of the part. Part, I know what that feels like. The location, size, feeling, color, shape. What is this that's aware? Who's, who's this? What's, what's the feeling of being that's with what qualities show up? But from being, you can love, you'll, you'll see that the being has this natural love. It has natural qualities of compassion, uh, care, calm, curiosity toward your own parts that seem to be so bigger than who you were because they were bigger than who you are, which is the problem is that most trauma is bigger than anybody's ego. So we've got to upgrade <laughs> rather than just working on the trauma, you've got to upgrade who it's appearing to. 
And that's what this is doing. So it's what I call, first one, everyone understands kind of spiritual bypass, yeah? That you, you, you try to leave and, oh, everything's okay, there's no problems, my childhood didn't exist, I'm fine. You know, anyone know those people or tried that strategy out? Then there's another one I'm calling psychological underpass, which is basically you try to solve all your problems with only an ego psychology. And, and you'll, you'll get a little relief, but then you'll get a real smart, neurotic self. <laughs> right? Uh, psychological underpass. So rather than bypassing, you kind of go, you just go under, you just go in, and you just think, all right, well, I'll just do all this psychological work, and then it'll be okay. But it's, it's like, okay, well, let's upgrade who you are, and now do the psychological work. Or do the psychological work until you can upgrade. So some people need to do that, right? Some people have a lot of, so it's not a, a race. Some people need to do <clears throat> soothing of the parts that are afraid to change, afraid to grow, afraid to learn, afraid to be full and whole and happy. So the hypothesis is there's an essential well-being that both Dick Schwartz and I found by working with, I worked in five years in a clinic, uh, outpatient clinic, Brooklyn Mental Health Clinic, uh, most people in halfway houses, psychiatric patients, severe trauma, went to day programs. The attachment theory and some other theories say you can't have a self unless you had a self as a child. This self they could have, and it's what healed them. This is a parallel you know, attachment self. This is the essential sense of well-being that is inherent. And often the way I got it to them was through humor. I got them to be get a little door of humor that made the made a mutuality, and then kind of found out, you know, if they had had a some sense of having experience of some relief, some sense of well-being, any time in their life. What we do is you go to the feeling, then you like you like you're at the ocean. You smell the your brain doesn't know the difference. Right? And when people know that, that you smell the ocean, you hear the waves, you are there now, open your eyes and feel the consciousness that's here now that was there then. This is you now. Yeah? Does that make sense? So the key is, the, one of the keys here is this is not a meditation state that we're dealing with. We're not doing meditation in some ways we're we're, we're discovering the essential nature of who is here or what is here now to which states come and go. Ego states, meditation states. What's the essential ground of being? What this is similar to is the flow state. Yeah, anyone know Csikszentmihalyi's research? Optimal functioning is described, his, his series of what it is, is you're in the now, you're not focused on past or present. You don't feel a sense of ego center. You feel like you're interconnected with everything that's happening. Time slows down. You feel like you, you're optimally functioning, but you don't have to think about thinking to do. You're doing from being. Yeah, so let me, let's go, let's go to this little, I call it the memory door. So all, I'm, all we're going to do just very simply is, you know, and I'm, I'm not even guiding you. You're going where you know how to go. 
and, and B, find the happy place, the happy memory, the time where you felt like you were free, you were home, you were real, you were connected, you were just, you know, radiant or loving or open-hearted or, and just find that place and really go very detailed, travel in whichever way you like, back in time to that feeling. You can either see yourself as a child or a younger person or, but, or you can be that being and then just notice the smells, sounds. Notice the feeling of being this stateless state, this feeling of being. And then maybe you're aware of this or maybe you merge with this being. So now you're feeling from within what this really feels like. And feel what it's like to look around and to see the, what does the world look like? What are your emotional uh, hurt parts feel like from here? What are your, what's the wisdom of it? What's the felt sense? And then really inhabit this fully, perhaps. And then as you're inhabiting, as your being, as your each cell is drinking in this resonance and this presence and tuning in to this dimension of who you've always been underneath it all. Just notice that, a, that you can feel this sitting here now. So begin to notice or feel the unity of the past and the now. Feel this sense of being this being essentially toward any feelings you have toward your thoughts and feelings and emotions. And then feel like the question, is this a state appearing to me or is this me? Is this who I am to which states and feelings and parts are welcome? Just curious. And then when you're ready, remaining here and beginning to hear with your ears that are open, and then gently opening your eyes and letting this being look out of your eyes or look from all around, feel this interconnected, open, or just gentle, soft animal of being. So just notice 
that you can, whether you can be without thinking. Thoughts can come and go, but just what's being like without orienting to thought. What's being like without doing? And then just add one activity without losing being. Let your phone number come to being. Just arise, and then drop. Again, there's no need to transition now. It's almost like you're with your client, you're in session, this is real. It's a little softer, it's a little, when you're being, you don't quite maybe know how to speak yet, but, or it's a little more, but notice the, the sense of like clear sky feeling too, the kind of bright. So you're resting, but you're resting as that which is Deeper than sleep, but it's wide awake. <sighs> so part of this presence is you will, people pick up resonance or presence, mirror neurons, whatever you want to call that, that's happening. And when you're in self, there's this self energy or mirroring that people are scanning to see what's going on, especially highly sensitive people who are traumatized and looking for what, whether there's danger or not, then they start picking up like relaxation and, and clarity and home and safety. And all of a sudden they're just like, oh yeah, well, I was going to talk about something that was bothering me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now I remember what it is. Yeah, that's right. But so that's, that's part of this um, possibility that you're training yourself and you're, just being with somebody in a way that they feel it. Because you're not a, you know, you're a non-anxious presence, right? That's, so that's what I'm encouraging you to do. I'm giving you some things that helped me. I'm giving you kind of a language, letting you use your own psychological theories with this. But my encouragement is be a inner astronaut, <laughs> you know, be a scientist of consciousness realize that you can, as many people here, can do not only state changes, but stage changes. That you can literally shift and learn how to, how to change your own consciousness, which is basically not creating a heightened state, but untying the anxious state and untying the detached state and untying the hidden exiled state until you find that which can bear the unbearable. And that's really where it starts. The, the suffering is that which can bear the suffering, not get rid of the suffering. Then, you, then the suffering will get unburdened or it'll return actually to life force. It'll turn to natural energies that got tied up and traumatized and are being protected and hiding because it thinks it's not safe. As soon as they feel it's safe, there's only one dimension that I've found that, you know, you can call it by many names and it has different, like, like a diamond, different facets, so you'll feel it differently, but it's not 
a small part. It's, it's, a, it's what the meditative contemplative world has found to be who am I from kind of the history of, of uh, consciousness, religion, spirituality, patriarchy, uh, the, you know, Alan Watts called it the taboo of, of knowing who you really are. There's a taboo against awakening. There's a taboo against being real. There's a taboo against not being small and scared and hidden and in line and doing what people tell you to do. Yeah. So there are in, there's an external patriarchy for that. And there's an internal set of parts, protectors that are saying, no, 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 this is taboo. Do not know yourself, and we're going to protect, we're the protectors of these uh, hurt parts. And we're, we, we're, we're, we're doing good, you know, look, you ain't dead yet, so, you know, stay with us, you know. And, and, they're, and, they're, uh, and they need to be honored, you know. They need to be honored and worked with, when you start to do the, the kind of inner work, whichever model you're using, uh, you usually find that there's inner systems that are basically like, like any family system external model. There's homeostasis, which is basically the systems are trying to keep, keep things the way they, they are now. That's like the first law, like don't change the system. You know, any change is threatening. So positive or negative. So there are Systems that are more protective, that are protecting earlier, very traumatized parts that are just the protectors are like, don't come near me. You know, like they're like, I am not going to wake up because it could be dangerous because that first movement, you're going into nothing. And then I don't know what I'm, I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm in charge of taking care of this little kid and I'm going to do my job. And if I don't wake up, I'm not interested. I don't care. You know, so you work with the protectors, you work with the parts, uh, and negotiate, say, well, what if you, what if there was a loving presence that could help this kid, this child, inner child, or whatever you want to call that, and you could, I could, and you could have another job that wasn't so stressful. And then the protector will go like, really? Yeah. Well, if that were true, I don't know if it is, but I, I would like that. Okay, well, let's just try. Would you be willing to just step aside and have me, this loving presence, come to this wounded child? And you watch and see if it's okay. So you start to work with, you know, the protectors and the, who they're protecting and do this work um, while you're, while you're <clears throat> really re- recognizing who it is, the feeling of self, the feeling of being that's able to be that loving presence for and is protecting, basically is the real protector. Ultimately, you want to get to resourcing with the self because the self is the only dimension of consciousness that can give the love and healing to the most wounded parts. So there's this you know, kind of catch-22. It's like the protectors and the parts are afraid of any intervention from the self. And some of them, some systems, when you, when kids, when people who were kids and they were themselves, they often got punished or laughed at or ridiculed. So there's like a protective system against being the self. And yet the self is the only thing that can help that system heal. 
So you can do everything preliminary you can do, but again, you, if you only do that, you're going to only get a certain level of healing because the one who's running the show is still a, manage, a, a mental manager ego that is going to keep searching for parts, uh, for solutions about who, who I am and what problems need to be solved. So there's almost like this mini-me system that continually is trying to solve problems. On the level of ego function, it's very helpful. It solves problems. It's not that there's no problems or issues, both internally and externally, but it's trying to solve the problem of who am I. So it's continually looking like it thinks it's like a little entity in your head, and it's got a, as if it's got a, a survival, um, and it's got to get something to satisfy it, like your body needs to satisfy it, and there's nothing to get. So it's the, the word suffering in Buddhism, uh, dukkha, uh, is often translated as perpetual dissatisfaction. So we're perpetually dissatisfied when this small self is trying to solve this problem and it can never get anything to satisfy it because it's not real, it's made of thought. And when you drop into being, you, you, you just immediately are relieved of the craving and the hatred, which is trying to create this protective system about identity. Yeah, so, so here's a, one of the quickest, simplest little inquiries that you can, and then report what you find from here. So if, there's, if this problem solver on the level of identity is, is the one causing a lot of the problems, just ask yourself this simple inquiry and then look back with awareness. What's here now? when there's no problem to solve. So just feel as if your awareness drops and looks back. What's aware? What's here? When you don't orient by thought and don't create a solver. What's absent and what's qualities of presence show up? So from this open awareness, you can actually focus. That's the amazing thing. Talk about functionality. You can focus without losing your focus easily. So I teach this to ADHD kids, what I call effortless mindfulness. Open to this awareness, unhook, open to this awareness. Be aware from the awareness back to your body and towards something you're focusing on, reading. And they're like, what? They're trying to focus from the moving mind and from the parts. You step out into this effortless awareness, this big mind, it's called uh, Rigpa, or nature of mind, or Turiya, or <clears throat> it's got names, the Tao, you know, whatever that, you want to call that self. Then you focus mindfully from self rather than mindfully from ego mind or or even from a mindful witness, mindful meditator is still a point of view looking at contents. Now, um, let's do one more practice. So this is one um, that I usually introduce this through the doors of the senses, or the seems to be, and learn different learning types, uh, <clears throat> kinesthetic, visual, auditory, 
so this one starts with a visual uh, type. So then just simply, as you're aware, maybe put your hand up in front of you a little bit up, look at the hand, and then drop your hand and look at space. So just aware of receiving lights, looking at space, and then we're just going to move awareness around in a peripheral to open your peripheral vision, and then you can use your hands or not, doesn't matter. But just gently at your own speed, begin to open awareness to the sides. And notice your peripheral vision will open. Your eyes are not moving at all. It's awareness that's opening, let go of that pinpointed vision. As awareness gets to the side, let it unhook from seeing and become aware of the space on the sides in which sound is coming and going. And then let awareness continue around somehow without you knowing how it's doing it. Feel as if awareness can continue to be aware of the space behind you in which sound is coming and going until you feel this open 360 degree panoramic view. So awareness is open out, including in front of you, to the side of you, and behind you. Just notice this open view, and then just be curious. Are you aware of this spacious awareness? Or what's it like if this spacious awareness is aware of itself? And what does it feel like if you're aware of the spacious awareness? Or you're aware from the spacious awareness? back to include thoughts, feelings, and sensations in this spacious, pervasive, seamless, where awareness is equally inside and out, front and in back, as if you're aware from a field of awareness that is arising as this aliveness of your human form that's very much embodied, and aware as if you've dropped from head to heart space. Or, for, or your whole body. And you're just aware from this, wherever you're aware of, and then welcoming all thoughts, feelings, sensations, and parts from this self. And just notice that maybe attempt to orient by looking to a thinker or a but feel that there's this kind of panoramic awareness that you use to drive a car, that you could now feel like you're sitting in a seat. You can even breathe in and let out a sigh. Ah. So you feel like you're just in your ordinary body, no big deal. Maybe even breathe in and the cool air and let a smile come to your face and let kind of a positive emotion kind of feel like it gives you a sense of being more embodied and okay, safe. And then breathing in and just humming a little bit to feel your body as energy. It's this new, unique thing that in some ways I'm trying to have you do rather than explain. (laughs) So that once you do it, then you can feel it. 
It's like trying to explain, you know, what's the theory of riding a bicycle? Well, my theory is when you begin to fall to the left, lean to the right. That's the theory, you know. Like, you can't give a theory. You've got to do it. You've got to feel what balance is. What's balance? Oh, oh, there it, oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I'm just saying awareness can unhook. Awareness is what's opening. Your eyes are already seeing over here. Your brain is pinpointing them. So when you open awareness, your brain follows. And you literally, this is the feeling of safety. When you're safe, when you're sitting on a beach, you open your eyes. The reason you go to a beach, the reason that real estate is so expensive at the beach, <laughs> is, yeah. is that you, you have a view. And you look out and you open your eyes and your brain follows and you, you physiologically, literally endorphins are increased and um, adrenaline and cortisol are decreased. Your amygdala relaxes because your eyes are like this. <sighs> just try it. Just go, just open just like that. Just look up a little bit. <sighs> and you're telling, you're, you're literally, it's the sign that you're, Brain, you're telling your brain there's nothing to scan for danger here on the ground. Just look up. Oh, yeah, good. It's good. And it's optimally functioning in driving. You literally drive better. The thing that we do, most dangerous thing most people do in our daily lives is get in a one-ton vehicle, drive 60 miles an hour while other people are texting. <laughs> and drinking. And the way you do it is you can't do it pinpointed. You got to, even though they don't teach you this in driving school, you got it peripherally driving. Those who love to drive, some people go on a Sunday drive, that's what they're doing. People who love to drive, I love to drive, and that's what I'm doing. I'm like, this is great. We drive a couple hours, sure, that's fine. Let's go. You know, playing music, and, and this. Feeling is state change, you start to be open, and then you're aware from here, now you can literally effortlessly focus on an object when you're focusing from spacious mind. You can attend to something and you're not stressing yourself out. You're not looking at something and being distracted. Your default mode network goes in, into balanced mode rather than default mode goes out and then it goes in, it goes out, it goes in. And when you're aware of awareness that's equally inside and out, you feel this kind of seamless, interconnected feeling, and your distracted brain literally measurably. I was in one of the subjects for this study that was done at NYU for balancing default mode network, and it creates a sense of calm, peace, high-functioning, um, seamless non-distraction the preliminary practices of meditation are wrestling with your mind and they're trying to calm your mind and literally the study that I was in there's, there's three kinds of meditation it's called focused attention FA which is one pointedness on your breath or an object like a candle or a mantra or something <clears throat> you, you, and the second one's called OM open monitoring you're openly monitoring your thoughts feelings, sensations as contents as go the Default mode network, which creates distraction. So if you just sit and try to watch your breath, 
your mind will go in, it'll go out. It'll go in, daydream, it'll go out. And that's distraction. That's because your mind is doing that. If you repress it, if you do win the battle of focus, you repress your internal and you put on task mode network and you'll get a calm state. But my teacher from Tibetan Buddhism, Sokni Rinpoche, calls it stupid meditation. (laughs) Very calm and relaxed. Good stress management has great benefits for your body. Not so good for awakening to self. If you do open monitoring, it represses task mode network. You're just looking inside. And you're and getting some calm, and you're realizing you're not your thoughts, so you get an insight, that first insight of who you're not. Then this next one that we did, when you're aware of the awareness that's aware of inside and out, it balances your default mode network. You're equally aware inside and out in a seamless, balanced. Then you can do tasks from there, whatever you're doing, driving, walking, and That's called non-dual awareness, NDA. And you can enter that from any practice, driving, chopping wood, doing some activity. But the key is you want to feel, how do you do that? Can Can you do that? How do you do it in your office? And then how do you do it as you walk out in other situations? So you want to try to translate it so you don't have to chop wood, otherwise you get tired, right? <laughs> you can only chop so much wood, right? Your trauma is way bigger than your ego. But compared to you feeling like you're this cloud you're living in, if you open up, drop, realize you're the sky, and then as the sky, come back in the cloud. That the sky is never not in the cloud, but it's got so much bigger than your cloud, so much bigger than the traumatic parts. And it's got a loving intelligence. It's not just absence. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BeHereNow today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash BeHereNow. BeHereNow.